then the baseball bat can hit that guy in the head and like do damage to him or like kill him completely. So every time that happens, I'm like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. I got a free one there. Hello and welcome to the bottom of the internet. This is another Dead Pixel, the podcast that wishes it was still the 90s. My name is Nick, and I'll be your host. Uh, here with me today, the man who was Bill Clinton's other intern. It's Joe. Joe, how are you doing today? Feeling pretty lucky. I mean, I dodged a bullet and a stain. Do you ever wonder why maybe you weren't preferred? chosen I well maybe because i don't know i would have been like in middle school <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh not really an intern uh <laughs> okay i forgot about that all right yeah i'm not that old dude <laughs> seriously <laughs> yeah to be an intern in the 90s uh yeah, yeah. I mean, the things that you, yeah, I mean, the things that you probably got away with as a, um, a corporate executive or, a, you know, a political boss. Yeah. It's, you know, it was probably a nightmare. Well, I mean, he almost got away with it, but he didn't quite. Um, yeah. Well, you'll have to tell us more about being an intern later, I guess. Um, but besides that, uh, you have a, have a, did you have a good, did you have a good Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, uh, it was pretty all right. Uh, really sore and really tired. Uh, I had a buddy of mine come down to visit. And to celebrate the weekend, we got to move my house around. We just rearranged some a bunch of rooms, uh, brought some stuff from upstairs to downstairs and vice versa. And a lot of heavy, heavy wood furniture. And just the two of us and a dolly. So, Just two dudes and a dolly. All you yeah, need. it was, I mean, when you have this giant, you know, like six foot, uh, solid, solid wood dresser. And I am fully sitting and leaning as far back as I can going down the stairs with this dolly. My buddy's on the back end just being like, yep, I got it. All right. And like, and we got one more millimeter and it drops to the next step. And just like praying <laughs> that I just don't let it go and just careen into him as it, you know, cause it'll pin him against the door at the end of the uh, stairwell. And he'd just be, you ever see uh, the Sixth Sense? That's that's my imagination when you know she gets hit pinned to the tree. You know that that would have been him with that oak furniture just right against the the door. Wasn't that in Signs? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it was Signs, not Sixth Sense. Still M yep, Night Shyamalan, yep. but yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, you're probably just like praying that your knee doesn't give out <laughs> as you like. Yeah, it, curve, it was like, pretty bad. It's you know my hands. I was just like from gripping for so long. I'm like, I can't unfold my fingers. <laughs> You're like, Adam, I'm sorry. <laughs> just let go. Uh, yeah, my dad helped me move. Uh, we don't have anything that big, or I don't. I don't have anything that big. Everything that I have can pretty much be, be broken down. I do have a, a pretty good size. I don't know, like four or five drawers tall uh, dresser, and then uh, kind of a long. I don't even know what you'd call it. It's not another kind of dresser that's kind of long, but, and they're, they're solid wood, but they're not, I don't know, for some reason they're not that heavy. So it wasn't too bad, but getting them up and down the stairs was a big pain. So I totally, I totally feel your pain. 
but oh man when you have when you have a king size mattress that is like not just a straight up nor old fashioned spring box or something but mm. like memory foam and all this other crap that becomes a nightmare because you just can't you just can't bear hug this you know mattress up there or squish it because it's flipping just you know moving around like gumby in your arms or something it's like <laughs> it's not that heavy but it's like heavy enough and it's just so unwieldy and you can't oh, get a grip no, this, on this, it this piece of junk was stupid heavy too <laughs> it was a dense piece of crap uh it's like yeah it was, it was one of those purple mattresses that's yeah. uh so it has that like rubbery texture on the front but also has springs in underneath it uh yeah that was a that was also it's like it's a great decision to go ahead and buy one because they're comfy and they're nice and uh we, we got this king size so you know like for for when we had our kids we're like yeah our kids are gonna probably jump in on this with us so that's fine and then i never think about moving it i'm like oh you know what? I should just burn this mattress, just light it on fire, and then just buy a new one, all nice, rolled into a nice cylinder, and have them just move that cylinder upstairs because it is almost not worth it. Um, or just pay like two, two guys, you know, two guys in a truck to come to my house, move my furniture within my house, and be like, "Okay, guys, that's all I needed you for." That's all I need you guys uh, for. Yeah, <laughs> you're burning your mattress. That's that is the custom. <laughs> Just make sure you move it out outside of your house before you do it. Um, yeah. It's a little harder to clean up whenever it's in there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm about to go on vacation um, here soon, so we're recording just a little bit early. Um, but uh, in, in preparation for going on vacation, I'm, I'm actually going to Yellowstone. So I've never been there before, so that should be pretty fun. But uh, I'm not going to have really any time to, to do much. Um, so I've been, I've been actually been cramming, uh, the new season, season four of Stranger Things. Um, and, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, you said, I think you were telling me before the podcast that you've actually watched a little bit of Stranger Things in, in the past. Yeah, I made right? it to season three and then I just fell off a sharp cliff. It yeah. was really rough what finishing season two. And so season three, I just came up with like no wind in the sails and i'm like you know what i just don't care i'll get around to it eventually this is probably the last season right and of course they're like no this is coming up you know next year will be season four i'm like well then i really don't care i'll wait for that season to come out then i can watch two seasons um yeah i don't know it just seemed I, I was really disappointed with season three or season two and then the start of season three let's see uh, like season one was great because it was kind of new and no one had no one really done that anything like that in a very long time. Um, and season two, I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, that was. He like, runs away, and there's that that whole arc of her running away, finding herself kind oh, of deal was kind of yeah. Spoilers for season two. I hated everything. It was in Pittsburgh. She ran away to Pittsburgh, right? Uh, probably. I just said she ran away, so I was trying to be vague about it. But yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I I don't remember exactly where she runs off to, but that whole the latter half of the season was just really not doing it for me. Yeah, yeah, I remember season two now. Like that was I had more, I had more care about it then. I like season three, but like, I like I I liked it okay. I think it was good, kind of what what they did with it, and they added like some some good characters and stuff. Um, 
but see, see season uh season three was like started off kind of odd i guess i just don't care enough and so like it was just like eh, everyone has to have a relationship now okay uh i never was a fan of uh the kid with the frizzy hair uh who like the especially in season two where he's like i'm gonna raise raise this monster Dustin. and it's gonna be my friend oh, yeah. yeah yeah that did get yeah i mean like i actually think he's one of the better characters uh, overall he is kind of annoying i will like i, I will admit that there's two times where he's annoying but but they do give, give him some pretty good lines and he is i don't know like he is all of them kind of feel like they're from an 80s movie, but he just feels like he's straight out of a like a legit 80s movie to me. Um, just because he's so kind of, kind of, I don't know, dorky and, and weird, but also sort of sly smart. I don't know. Um, but uh, he deserves to get his face eaten. That's all. Yeah. Um, I forget what he has. He has, he has a certain um, condition that, that causes them to look that way. Um, but, uh, does he, I just assume I, does, I, yeah. I know, I know the hair is no, it's funny. Cause it's just, uh, there's a song, a remake of a different song that, uh, essentially looks the singer. I can't remember the name of the song right now, but this, this kid, uh, looks like a grown up version of him. Like if he's just, you know, like taught like a teenage, you know, like straight up, like, I don't know, like 17 year old version. I'm like, he looks like he has the hair. He has like some of the same like the you know, bone structure, just a little thinned up and a little and taller. And it was just funny because it's like uh, sugar. Why why you can't get so high or something like that or fly? Yeah, it's like it's a remake of an older song. And it was just really funny because I'm like I just happened to be I saw it on once on YouTube. I'm like, oh dude, this kid just looks like a big version of him. I'm like, this is this. He's totally going to grow up to look like this kid. Huh. Um, okay, but yeah, no. It's, I don't know, Stranger Things, it was just really, uh, I don't know, they, it really was a cool concept. Uh, like Season 2 just disappointed me so badly to the point where, like, you know, uh, more spoilers, but they, they do Samwise so dirty at the end. Um, yeah. Just, just, because it, just because they have to shoehorn a, a force in this other love interest. Season 3 starts out with uh, the two main kids just being complete, like, assholes and being like, yeah, we don't care about this father figure because we're now teens and like, yeah, you guys have kind of seen some things. You would think you would be forced to be a little more mature. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I don't know. Uh, yeah. He's like, there's a reason why the the, sh the sheriff dude is a little more protective because you know maybe the guys realize there's monsters out there. Uh, I think, and of course the one kid, the one poor kid's just getting PTSD and everything else thrown under him. So. Oh, uh, Will, the one that was stuck in the alternate dimension. In the yeah. First. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, the, the, the show kind of, uh, the first two seasons, you know, they were like, well, we got to stick with this small town. We've got to, you know, make kind of like all the big stuff kind of come to the kids and come to the town. And then season three, they were, they were still, like they kind of expanded it out, but they, but they, but they, you know, were trying to, to still keep it like in that zone with season four, you know, the kids are older now they're in high school and certain things have happened to where they're split up and there's like a lot of characters. So they kind of have like 
three main groups of, of these characters. Um, and, uh, and, and so they're kind of able to make it kind of make more sense as far as like the craziness that goes on. It's like, well, it's not, everything is just coming to this weird Indiana town. Now it's more like, so this part of the United States, some of the people are and this part of the United States, the other, other people are. So it makes sense. Like, okay. So there could be like a, I don't know, a cabal of evil people over here and over here. Anyway, it, it has a bigger scope to it uh, now as well, um, which uh, kind of makes it more interesting, I think. Um, so when I first started watching the show, like I wasn't in a hurry to watch it. And I, I saw it had come on. I was like, ah, I'll watch something else. Um, but I, I went ahead and, and jumped on it. And the first episode, man, I was like, I don't know. This show may have lost its luster completely because they introduce a bunch of new characters in the first episode of this fourth season and they all, and they all suck. Like they're all bad. I'm like, man, I hate all of these new characters. Why are they showing me these people? Um, but all of the old characters were, were like, okay, like they're all still the same and likable and stuff like that. Um, so like, so as the show kind of went on, this is kind of a minor, like kind of a minor spoiler, but like it was like the second or third episode. And I was like, Oh, all the new characters suck because they're just props. They're not like really for anything. They're just like there to have things happen to them so that the main characters can, can react to it. And I was like, Oh, okay. So they kind of deal with the new characters that way. And there are some of the new characters that are like kind of that do stick around and sort of become more or less part of the sort of the main cast a little bit. And, and those are, are okay. Um, so the ones that do kind of stick around, they did kind of start to grow on me. I was like, okay, they're not, they're not all bad. Um, the weird thing is that like, there's only seven episodes of this volume one of this season four. There's seven episodes. All the episodes are over an hour long. They're all about like an hour and 15 minutes. Um, so they're pretty long. Um, it doesn't seem like that much more, but I mean, like that's like 25 minutes more than like a standard, like 50 minute kind of thing that they usually do. Um, so they all kind of feel sort of like mini movies in a way. Um, and, uh, but they don't drag. They're all pretty well paced. Uh, and they all have a good like thing going on. Um, the mystery of the, of this, of this show is pretty good. They have a couple different things going on and, um, all of the, all of the things are kind of fitting together, uh, slowly, but surely there's like enough satisfaction in each episode, but also a good, like overarching thing. And like, um, like that kind of, I don't know, for some reason I was, I was thinking about this and it just made me realize that like, that like, um, that like Harry Potter is pretty much the same thing as stranger things. It's just kids trying to solve a mystery in this weird world. Um, and it, uh, when you boil it down to the most bare bones, I yes, mean, but, but you like, can say that about everything. But like, related. like Lord of the Rings is not 
that. It's not like it's not like a mystery, and it's not like. But it's not a bunch kids. of kids either. I mean, yeah, no, it's you it's know, none of that. For sure, but they're like, not children. Like 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 it's it's none of that. I'm just saying that like like this is kind of a non sequitur, so I'm not gonna just dwell on it for very long. But I was just like watching this, and I was like. I don't know. For some reason, Harry Potter popped into my mind. Into my mind, and I was like, I always thought of Harry Potter more akin to something like Lord of the Rings, or I don't know, just like something magical. Um, and in a in a lot of ways, it has a lot of the same beats. Like it's in a lot of ways, it's it's more like the old, you know. Um, Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys and Scooby Doo, kind of the way this show is. Anyway, that's enough of of my of my idiot rant. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, so the the ones I brought this up one of our other podcasts, but when I showed my buddy the um, the Power Rangers uh, 2017 uh, remake, he uh, he pointed it out to me, and I didn't realize it because when I first saw it, I saw it before Stranger Things had, or before I watched Stranger Things, and uh season uh season three when max comes into play uh, her brother billy is the uh is the red ranger uh for the 2017 remake yeah. it was really funny because i'm like oh, like i didn't re- i didn't see it at first and i paused and I'm like oh man you were right uh, i did not expect that and you know uh does a very good job of being uh in at least in that season um or i've seen of season two uh, he be his he's a great asshat. You know, he's just like this this jerk of a you know person that you just have no love for, and you're just like, yeah, you you can die now anytime. Uh, and he did a pretty good job of being Jason, the Red Ranger, in in the remake. So, yeah, I uh, still just... never seen Power Rangers 2017. Uh, so like Billy, seeing him as Billy the first time uh, was was my first time seeing him. So we kind of have. So if I did see it, uh, if I did see Power Rangers. Probably have. I wonder how hard it'd be to wrap your head around that. Yeah. First <laughs> thing, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing. A, a little more of the shit sandwich, I guess, for this show is um, by now in season four, they're doing the same thing that they've done every other season. That's uh, the same formula. Um, so it's kind of a spoiler here too, but like, like what they do in every season is they split everybody up, um, especially 11 and, and, uh, they split everybody up and they spend the whole season trying to get everybody back together, uh, with all their pieces of the mystery and stuff like that. And it works. It's, it's, it's all right. But like, it's good that the show is, is ending now because I don't know how many more seasons of, I mean, I don't know how many more seasons of that I could take. I think it would probably start to wane even with like a lot of budget and good writing thrown on it. It would just be like, okay, how much of this are we going to do? Um, especially since Eleven has to go and relearn how to use her powers again. It's just like, okay, I'm, yeah. But we're going to do this one last one last victory lap, so I guess it's okay. Um, and... Um, the uh until the movie which will be like them like in starting university watch they'll do something like that i'm glad <laughs> you should mention the movie because the way that oh, there's this, a movie i was just joking the way that the way that uh this season is set up you're you're not totally right um you're only kind of half right 
the way this season is is, is uh, working out is they've got ele- uh, they've got seven episodes. They're all a little over an hour long. Um, uh, some some quite a bit more. Like the seventh episode is like an hour and forty minutes. So it was it was a good chunk, um, and it ends on a relative cliffhanger, um, and they are releasing the last two episodes uh, on July first. So I guess this the the first part of season four was released on J- June or May somewhere May twenty fifth somewhere around there. Um, and uh, the last part is going to be released on July 1st. It's going to be two episodes. The first one's like an hour and a half, and the second one's like two and a half hours. So it seems to me like they're going to probably wrap up the show uh, halfway through that two and a half hour one. Or it's like wrap up like the main the main villain, bad guy, whatever, um, at that point, and then probably spend the rest of the show kind of saying goodbye to everybody. Uh, that's what I imagine happening, but um, but yeah, like the, the like the the overall story of the show is really good. It's very it's very well written and engaging. And as soon as they kind of got rolling around that episode two or three, Mark um, got back into swing of things. I was like, okay, I remember why I remember why I like this show because the characters are strong and everything is is uh, is is pretty is pretty well well done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. And I am looking forward to the, uh, episodes that are kind of come out in July. Um, I'm glad we don't have to wait very long. I'm not really sure why they're doing that other than maybe to make people keep their subscription, um, for a little longer. But I know last yeah. year, last season, of uh, three, they released it on the 4th of July as well that weekend. Yeah. Uh, and so they did the first part of this right before Memorial day weekend. And sounds like they're doing, if they're going to release the last bit on the 1st of July, that's the Friday before 4th of July again. So they're trying to, you know, maybe just, you know, also coincide with people's time off. They'll be home. Theoretically, they can get more viewers that way. Uh, At least that's what. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like, you know, like, oh, I mean, it's still kind of the case, but especially when, when we were kids, like there was always like a mega movie that came out in July. There was always like, the blockbuster of the year. Will Smith had like four of them or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like like May, June, July. Like there's always a big one in May, and there's always a big one in July to me. Um, and uh, I kind of wonder if maybe Netflix is trying to do that again. Like like we're gonna release something big, kind of a blockbustery for us in July, and capitalize on people being off or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's a good show. Um, I, I recommend it. I think it's probably better. It's been better so far than season three was to me, I think. Um, but it's pretty good and uh, looking forward to more of it. So that's what I've been watching. Uh, and just barely, I just finished it like a few minutes before the podcast uh, started. Uh, I was like, I think I can do it. I think I can make it. Um, but anyway, that's all I've been watching. What have you been watching, Joe? Uh, well, I, uh, yeah, I haven't been watching too much because of the long weekend and just been super busy. But uh, with my buddy coming down to show um, to help me with the moving, I decided to show him uh, Kim's Convenience. I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but this uh, it's a really funny show. And they've now, re- not that long ago, they released uh, season uh, five. I believe that was last year sometime. 
And uh, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, essentially it's a Korean family that runs a convenience store in Canada. And uh, most noted right now is the uh, the one of the main characters. Uh, he's the guy who plays um, uh, Shang Chi. Uh, the his I'm going to pronounce his name incorrectly. It's like Simu uh, Louis or something like that. It's uh, he's Chinese. So yeah, Chinese guy playing a Korean person, but not that surprising. Um, and the uh, the father in that show, he's actually uh, supposed to be uh, casted to be in the new Avatar: The Last Airbender movie. Uh, so he's going to be playing uh, like the uncle, or at least that's what rumors have it right now. Uh, until it's official, uh, or I think it might actually be a new series coming out. But yeah, he's supposed to be Uncle Iroh, which I think he looks the part. And Uncle Iroh sings, and this guy can sing. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. Mm. Uh, can't be any worse than the the last Airbender movie. So Yeah, yeah. that was uh, horrible. The- <laughs> I, remember, I remember seeing that in the theater. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I would have never have. <laughs> uh, my, my friend at the time wanted to see it. Um, and I was like, okay, because he watched The Last Airbender. Um, and uh, we got we, we were, were in there, and uh, man, it was it was awful. I was like, this is The Last Airbender. He's like, no, this is not The Last Airbender. This is some shit that they threw together. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so, oh wow, anyway, yeah. Um, oh, it turns out the um. Uh, so the the guy who plays um, the father in the series of Kim, Kim Kim's Convenience, he's uh, Paul Sun Hyung Lee, and he is um, he's actually you'd know him actually from both the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Uh, he's actually uh, Captain Carson Teva. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. I did notice he was in that. Yeah, well, I've seen the first couple episodes of Kim's Convenience, but I haven't. I I didn't stick with it. It is a show that I kind of want to watch, but uh, there's always been something else in the way. But yeah, he is he is uh, a X-wing uh, pilot um, in uh, those two shows. Um, he does a he does a good job there. He's just kind of just like getting a paycheck, I think. But uh, in Kim's convenience, he's very funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, forever immortalized in the um, Star Wars you know universe. So why not? Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's just uh, rewatching the show again, the series again, and uh, that, I do this with my buddy. I get him hooked on something, and then he'll just run away with it. Uh, did this with uh, both um, uh, Lucifer. I got him into that TV show, and then he is like he got hooked on that. Uh, went to uh, what was it? Uh, the Good Place. Got him hooked on that. So it's kind of my it's kind of my go to. It's like yeah, I'll start a show. And then I'll I just won't get around to finishing it because you know I'm just really bad at sticking with shows. But he'll be like, "Yeah, dude, you gotta finish this series." Or if it doesn't pan out, he'll he'll warn me. I'm like, "Okay, cool. I don't feel that guilty anymore about not finishing it." So uh, that's kind of you know my shtick with him. And um, yeah, it, uh, you know. But right now he's he's like really rooting for one of the side characters. He's like, "I hope this person ends up with the person they want to end up with." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna say anything." So, so, so he is enjoying it a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. He's, um, it's a really simple show to watch. It doesn't take much. Uh, I've, I find it really funny because their broken English is pretty spot on from what I've personally experienced. And my 
my mother speaks with a certain level of uh that level of english uh so yeah it's just it's funny because you know she understands english just perfectly fine but she'll never get rid of her accent and just certain things she'll always say differently uh no matter you know she knows better but so it's just ingrained into her to say things incorrectly i guess um so an anniversary will forever be an anna birthday uh so my (laughs) wife and i will always wish each other an anna birthday um yeah i love my mother but at the same time it's really funny to make fun of her about certain things (laughs) i had a i had an economics teacher in college who was chinese um and she and she said that kitchen and chicken always threw her off that she could never like whenever she went to say one she would say the other um and uh we we thought we thought that was really funny um, oh, dude! In uh, teaching kids in uh, Japan, being like, "All right, uh, love and rub." Um, <laughs> to, you know, uh, I'm gonna uh, yeah. Let me let me rub your shoulders. Uh, you know, because for those who also don't know, uh, there is no hard L sound, so it's a rolled R, uh, and the V's are V's, so. Uh, so love becomes rabu, um, and so it's very hard for the certain things to be differentiated. Uh, but yeah, that's that's one of those things that, like, if you think your English is good, say love, and they'd be like rabu. You know, it was it was really uh, fun to mess with the um, my elementary school children that way. <laughs> uh, I had a friend from college who tweeted out one time. Uh, he was a uh... He was teaching English in Japan. He tweeted out, um, he said, uh, children, the tea in peanut butter is very important. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so funny. But yeah, that's cool, man. Um, Yeah, Kim's Convenience is a show I'd like to watch at some point, but um, so many things in the way. I'm glad glad your buddy's enjoying it, though. Um, Yeah, for sure. I'm actually starting, like I said, it's one of those things that I'm starting to rewatch again. Though I should be watching a bunch of other things, but I was like, I slowly find myself like that's a great show to have in the background as well. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those like, yeah, it's okay since I've already seen it probably the first half like three times now because we end up, it's it's a show we end up showing to friends or family mm. and and they end up watching it and yeah, so this is our like third time going through the first half. <laughs> maybe I'll actually make it to the ending half this time. Maybe, maybe we can only hope. Um, so that's what we've, what we've been watching, but uh, we've also been playing some games. Um, I have been playing Sifu, more or less. I kind of quit on it a few weeks ago, um, and I was planning to try to get back to it more, but uh, there's, a, there's a lot of other stuff to play, too. And um, So with Sifu, I made it through, um, so I guess I should explain to anybody that doesn't uh, know what Sifu is. Sifu is um i guess you would call it a roguelike in a way um it's a uh like a martial arts action fighting game not really like a like not like a like a 2d arena fight or anything like that but like um you kind of go through a 3d world and you use fighting moves to um to defeat enemies um it's a it's a game uh uh with a kung fu heritage uh steeped in uh kind of a hong kong uh 
style of, of Kung Fu. It's uh, got a kind of a typical um, martial arts uh, Kung Fu action movie type story about family and revenge sort of. Um, the, the kind of a, the, the kind of weird thing about this game, uh, the, the mechanic being that you start out at 20 years old whenever you kind of get into the main part of the game. And every time you die, you age, um, you age a year the first time. And then the second time you die, you age two years. And then the third time, like, like, uh, I think, I think three years. Yeah, it, it goes like that. So it kind of goes on and on and on. Um, yeah. So it's it's the you're aging uh, the amount that you died. So it's not just like uh, first time you die, you're 21, then you're 22, but then you go to 22 to 25 because you're at you're counting. Actually, I'm sorry. Yeah. You, so you're counting the amount of deaths as the years you grow older. So that's how, if I remember correctly, that's how it's progressing your death count. Uh, so if you died five times. It's literally um, you're adding each each amount of death. So one plus two plus three plus four plus five, you know, kind of. And then that's what's being tacked onto your, ba- you know, your age. Right. Exactly. So um, you can like so you like age more and more. And then as you age, you um, gain offensive ability, but but uh, you lose defense. Um, then there's all kinds of like upgrades and stuff that you can get to. Um, game is really hard. The game is, is, uh, is pretty hard. You can kind of, you can kind of power your way through it. Um, and just kind of like, I'll just die a bunch and just, and just kind of get through it. But then you kind of, uh, shoot yourself in the, in the foot by doing that later on. Uh, so you kind of have to play like the missions over again. Um, and, um, you're able to find shortcuts though, so that you don't have to fight as many enemies. You can kind of cut through and uh, get to the boss of, of the level uh, with fewer, like with hopefully with fewer uh, lives lost and, and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's a, it's a pretty cool game. I think that a lot of the moves that they give you and the upgrades that they give you, they're just not really particularly useful. Like, like they, 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 they give you, moves and stuff and there's nothing in there that's like really my favorite or that I'm really like oh that's good to use like kind of like the the standard uh blocking and defending um and dodging is really all that I like count on I guess if I got good at the game then I would be more inclined to use those like special moves but they don't really like grab me so I don't know. It's, it's so th- those kind of things. I'm like, like I just found that I was just picking stuff at random and not using it. Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody who's done really well at the game could tell me like how those moves are, are really important. But um, so that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a negative for it. Cause it's like, why are you giving me all this stuff? If I'm not, I'd rather have less and it'd be really powerful or useful in some way, or show me like, Hey, you need to use this, like this move in this way. But, it's not really defined that way, but still like the, just the general fighting is really good. Um, the story is like, it's kind of a mystery, uh, that you're sort of unraveling as you go. I was able to get through the first two levels. The first level is hard ish, but it's easy enough. The second level does ramp up in difficulty. Um, and I, and 
powering through that, I'm like, like 60 or like 55 or something whenever I start the third level, which immediately kicks my ass hardcore. Um, so it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a game that takes a lot of patience, but it is pretty satisfying when you do get through a certain area and you've just like whipped everybody's ass, uh, and like taken like very little damage because there is a lot of like, there's like parrying and blocking and dodging, um, and like learning how to use, uh, certain people against each other. Like one of the cool things is that the enemies have friendly fire. So like if an enemy swings like a baseball bat at your head and you duck out of the way, and there's a guy and there's another enemy standing next to him. Uh, then the baseball bat can hit that guy in the head and like do damage to him or like kill him completely. So every time that happens, I'm like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. I got a free one there. Um, yeah, so in this, um, the, one of the reasons why it's so technical and difficult is it's done by uh, Slow Clap Games, or Slow Clap, and they are the ones who did Absolver. And Absolver was a very technical, like, sword play kind of fighting game. So this is right up their alley. Uh, in you know that technical aspect uh from what i i didn't get too terrible far in this game uh just things got in the way but i really did like what i what i had to play uh i ended up using a lot of the finishers on a lot of just uh i i used quite a bit but i for, unfortunately did not have a controller to really work on my pc too well so i ended up having to use the mouse and keyboard kind of yeah. deal and I, I found that to be a bit more difficult. I don't know how. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know how, man. I don't know how you. I need. I should try to play it that way because that's that's wild. Um, on a controller, I mean, it makes sense, um, but it is like it, it is hard. There's like I don't know. There's sometimes where it just kind of gets frustrating, but you just have to you have to learn. Like, oh, I shouldn't have been in that position. I should have. I should have backed away. I should have like run away a little bit and like kind of trailed them off, but. Every once in a while, there'll be a dude that will go, he'll, like, get inflamed, and then he, like, you'll get him to where he's almost killed, and then it's just a random, like, grunt unit, but he'll get, he'll get, like, hot or whatever, and he'll be, like, on, like, on fire, and he'll, his health will go all the way back up, and then his, like, fighting ability will go way up, and he'll become even harder to kill, and so, like, with those guys, you just have to... Like, like I, I leave those for last, like, like I'll fight everybody else. And then, but then they're also like really aggressive. So they're, they're coming at you. So you have to dodge them more. It's really, it's really tough, but, um, but you just kind of have to strategize with like the kind of enemies that you're getting and, and, uh, just sort of deal with it. Yeah. For me, the hardest part was uh crowd control. Uh, that's, I felt like they should have had a little more options for that, for crowd management. Um, I mean, I'm glad they didn't go with, you know, like the boring uh, Batman Arkham fighting style that's in everything. Uh, I mean, because this is a very much a different game than those. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's if you wanted something like that, then you go to Sleeping Dogs. And that's uh, much like a, a more simplistic arcade fun kind of game. But this is very, you know, it's very technical in a lot of the ways. And it has... Re just really good animations for showing the old kung fu fighting style and, and i really do enjoy that the game a lot but it's just unfortunately it is a high learning curve um and yeah. whenever you had a crowd like i said whenever you had a crowd it's just i tried to 
dodge or get like skirt my way around the outside so then i can like at least have everyone as much as possible just be on one side but yeah if you get surrounded you can get messed up real quick yeah yeah there's some there's some parts of the game that are just they're just really freaking hard um and you just have like i just remember playing through it and being like shit just like getting like that visceral anger whenever you like uh die to it that you know but that's like you know it's kind of it sounds like a bad thing but when a game can like make you do that and then keep playing i think it's a really good thing in general but yeah some kind of crowd control thing like a grab that you like a grab that you could earn um like a grab and hold that you could earn that would let you hold on to a, a, a an opponent um and use them as like a human shield like and have like a consumable for that because there's a consumables in, in it as well um that are kind of hard to use and i think are a little bit underutilized uh but something like that would would have kind of made made some of the crowd control stuff a little bit easier at least so you feel like you're navigating it a, a little bit better but uh, they probably thought of that and they probably just couldn't make it work uh probably with the rest of the game but yeah it's a good game um i think it's it definitely is going to be on my game of the year list it's going to be somewhere in there i imagine um in, in, in my top 10 almost certainly um but uh it's uh it is it is tough and it's time to move on so so yeah anyway so that's what i've been playing uh joe you've been playing a couple of things though right yeah so uh i mentioned it last week how i i gave um you know i was playing uh a little bit of game pass on my phone uh i was playing that um the it was a Uden uh chronicles oh, yeah. and i was trying to i gave that one a shot and uh, i played it the most uh you know unoptimized way possible and that was just playing on my phone uh you know while using data trying to just stream this game from game pass yeah and you know it gave you know it got me curious to see how many of the other games really work and uh to what quality effect so during during my work lunches and such i will st- I, that's i've been starting to play uh with that a little more and i went ahead and you know i first started off with uh luminous uh if luminous is an old uh music rhythm game uh you know it's it actually uh the the creators of that new tetris uh connect uh the one that came out for vr and uh, i think it's also uh free on game pass now uh it's the same creators of that and so it has it's a lot of people really liked it it was on i think it was a launch game or a really early game for the psp if i yeah so uh it's literally a puzzle ish game where you're dropping tetris like pieces it's just um and your your goal is just to match up uh, the different colors to try to make a, a block of four or more. And there's a constant line that comes comes sweeping by from uh, left to right on your screen, and it'll clear those uh, clumps of blocks you've built uh, while playing music. And so the music was a really good thing that a lot of people got into. And uh, for me, it never really hit home. It was just there's something about it that just didn't feel quite right. But I haven't played it since the PSP. So I figured I'd give it a shot. And uh, for the most part, the streaming worked really well. I was just using uh, 4G because my phone's a little older. And uh, the initial load got a little hiccup or a little menu screens. But once I actually got into the game and it started playing, 
for the most part, I had a uh, pretty fine experience with this uh, game. The part that was not so great for me was the um, cell phone uh, on-screen touch buttons, mm. uh, pr- mostly the D-pad, because I would yeah. constantly be hitting what I thought was left or right, but I was just a little down far enough to hit down, so I'll just instantly drop um, my blocks instead of moving them left and right to drop them where they belong. I did that a lot. So it was uh, most definitely uh, not a great way to play that game. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but it, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that, uh, I mean, it sounds like all in all, it was uh, probably the best experience that it like could have been as far as um, just your phone and the, the connection. Because with Luminous, it's a, it's a rhythm game, right? So so you need that connection to be on, uh, like, with, like, with no with no lag at least very relatively very very low lag um and consistent um uh streaming right yeah so it's um it's rhythm in a in a sense it's not like a you know when you say rhythm game you think of uh guitar hero or uh ddr something like that so it's not quite to that extent uh, of you know needing to be precise or accurate it does have the musical elements and uh but honestly it works surprisingly well uh, i was actually pretty stoked about that uh, i had a little more snags with uh, ayudin last time uh just you know a little more judders here and there but i was also playing on wi-fi at that time uh, this time like i said i was just playing straight up on 4g just using my data and i also played uh, a bit of stardew valley uh i absolutely love that game i played that a whole bunch and it played okay i mean it was like there was no real you know it wasn't completely flawless but uh also surprisingly well uh once again my only real issues are some of the controls trying to help navigate or each game you play tends to have the button layout just a little bit different you know uh sometimes you can a lot of times you can recustomize your buttons uh and honestly it makes me want to get a controller but then i have to have a controller slash you know phone dock unit or at least to have a controller synced and then hold my phone on my lap or have a stand for it they make those they kinda, like the, i like, know they do and i just don't want to walk around with one okay <laughs> yeah i mean like they make them they make them really cool now like where it's like a it i mean it basically turns your phone into a switch you know looking at device um that's super cool but yeah it's like yeah how are you gonna really carry it around and it's just how much are you really gonna I mean, play it, games it, on your it's phone? a little more pocket size than a switch but at the same time it's you know it's like i said it's one extra piece of gear you have to you know you have to carry around with you and uh ideally you know that's the thing is i prefer the size of my phone over a switch uh just as far as portability and uh, like yeah. if i want to pick up and play something small um, honestly, the, the last game, uh, I would recommend for the most optimal of these kind of situations. And that was, uh, I played the, the zero escape, um, you know, series. I played, uh, just a little bit of the, uh, the second game, uh, virtue's last reward. Um, uh, I had the original, uh, the original game, uh, was it nine, nine, nine came out on the DS and virtue's last reward was a Vita game. And so these are just story-based, like kind of semi-choosing-your-own-adventure, you know, 
puzzle puzzle game where you have to find the clues. You're you're in a weird situation, and these ones you're usually you know you find yourself with a bunch of strangers locked up, and you don't know how you got to wherever you are, and everyone has their own backstory and agenda, and so you can't trust anyone. But you're trying to help solve your way out of you know escaping this locked facility. So think of it kind of a uh kind of like saw or something like that but less gory at least right out the gate um and you know there's usually some sort of death involved in these kind of games and i think these ones work best like something you know granted it's a nintendo franchise but like like a phoenix Wright or something like that because you're it's mostly all dialogue based so it's a visual novel-esque uh but you have some minimal gameplay uh functions and you can like, you know, an adventure game is perfect because you take your time. You don't need um, a lot of, you know, high speed or anything like that. So you know, precision is not a key factor. And, you know, so if you don't mind just, you know, reading on your phone, uh, then I think these type of games work the best. Yeah, uh, I know there's there's a bunch of these type of adventures and games on uh, Game Pass now. And so I'm like, oh, you know what? This is probably the best things to play if you want to kill some time. And if you, you like to read and you have a good story then for sure, you know, play play a lot of those games out. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that these Zero Escape games are really great. Um, they are, man, that like I've heard that for, 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 for what they are, they're, they're really good. For some reason, um, they're just not quite, they've never quite uh, engaged me like well enough to make me try to try one. But um, playing it on a phone um, when you can't play other games, uh, sounds like it would be a really good place to play these. Um, and yeah, like, and, uh, this does sound like the kind of game that you would want to play on, on a stream because it's, it's not dependent on a lot of those things. It is a little bit more like a visual novel in the, in that aspect. Uh, do you know if, if, uh, the, these zero escape games, um, if they're on the switch? Oh, that. I don't remember. It wouldn't surprise me. I know they when they came like out they this are. collection with one and two, they brought it to most platforms at the time yeah. uh, because that was right before they brought out the third game, which I have not got a chance to play. Uh, so honestly, the Switch wouldn't, wouldn't be bad. Uh, but like, for example, that you, you know, a while ago, you played that like in, in memory or Memorial Blue or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so a game like that, you know, instead of having to sit at your computer desk and play it, you know, just having it on your phone, even if you're just sitting on your couch, you know, like or lying in bed, just looking at your phone, that'd be a much easier game to play than having to be at your computer desk, you know, or have it set up to your TV and using a controller. I mean, something like that. I think that's why I'm kind of maybe going to use my phone more often to play these, um, you know, visual novel-esque games. A little more because there's a killer paradise i think it's called uh which i've heard a lot of good reviews on uh had some really good music on it uh i've heard that was like good a synth style like you know music style and has a really unique art style to it so i'm kind of going to give that one a shot next i think um but no the zero escape games lots of fun uh for me at least and uh playing through virtue's last reward has has some twists in it that I really liked. Um, Yeah. So it's, you know, I, I totally recommend it. Uh, And, you know, it actually, it's been, I should have played through the first one again, uh, but that that one I had played more recently. So, I mean, but playing through virtual's last reward for the, you know, for the first time was, um, 
uh yeah i didn't mind it at all uh it really did i think it was good use of the time and the equipment but yeah that's really about it i know nothing new unfortunately all these games have been out for a while but um in the end it's so long as you have a steady connection uh the game pass streaming is is good enough uh maybe i should try next time some some harder action games or something uh to see exactly what the lag and the response time is uh you know for the most part everything else i played today the, this last bit was you know more or less chill yeah uh, you know luminous was the closest thing to having to worry about a you know an actual time but that like i said the worst part of about the whole experience has been the virtual controller so. yeah i bet that's not too much fun to deal with uh speaking of playing games on your phone um i have been thinking about um trying to load up uh an emulator for PlayStation One and PlayStation Two games, um, and maybe maybe trying to play some of those old JRPGs that, that I missed whenever they came out, uh, Xeno Saga and Xeno uh, or Xeno Gears and Xeno Saga, being some possibly some of the Wild Arms, because like those are games that I don't really want to dedicate a lot of time or I don't want to dedicate like prime gaming time to um, in, in front of my computer, but being able to play them on like a phone would be kind of cool so i might i might try that in the in, in the future and then uh i have something like that to share but yeah so um i definitely i definitely see the the benefit of going for those kind of games um on your phone yeah uh i would say you can skip xenosaga just watch a youtube movie of it because yeah. that first game is just so much cutscene, very little gameplay uh xeno gears is still amazing it's one of my all-time favorites uh that was that was in the early squaresoft days of them just hitting america super hard and doing everything right you know between that and final fantasy 7 and parasite eve they really came out swinging uh i know uh wild arms i have a special spot for that first game uh i the actual graphics look just absolutely terrible but the story was actually really good. The um, the opening, the anime opening cutscene with the, uh, the the Western song is one of my favorite openings. Uh, just because you know, I love a good Western like melody, and it has they do a really good job doing a whistle tune, which I can't whistle to save my life. Uh, so I just think it's it's really good having that vibe. Uh, but there is a point in Wild Arms which is you have to look up a strategy guide. And that's uh, what we did is my friend and I, we did everything we possibly could looked everywhere. Like we had no idea what was going on. So one of the times we went to a, uh, the mall. So we, you know, we were in middle school and we're like, yeah, eventually next, next time we get a chance to go to the mall, we have to go to the bookstore and look this up because the internet really wasn't a thing back then. And sure enough, we like, we ran to the bookstore, found the uh, strategy guide, flipped through it, tried to find the spot. Like, we found it. Yeah, there's that missing item, and here it is. And you never think to find it that once. So, you know, that game is notorious for that one item not being findable by human nature. Uh, so, <laughs> unless you happen to be stupid lucky, which is really, really rare, uh, you, you just, you're going to hit a wall and you'll be like, yo, okay, look it up. Dude. It's uh, that's how they sold strategy guys back in the day. Just put that one thing in there that you can't fucking find with normal human thought. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I might try to do some of that. Uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a dream. I don't know how much time I'm actually going to devote to 
fiddling around with uh, stuff like that and uh, maybe and possibly breaking my phone. But anyway, um, I don't know. I think it'll be fun. But anyway, um, so that's what we've been playing and watching. Um, so next is the news. But do you need to do you you need to take a break or anything like that, or are you want to power through? I'm good. All right. Let's go ahead and power through with the news. So uh, the first thing I pulled up here is a um, an article from Video Games Chronicle. Uh, 18 European countries' uh, consumer groups have joined the, the fight against loot boxes. Um, the groups back a Norwegian report calling for a ban on deceptive design in video games. Um, it says European countries, but I believe also Australia and New Zealand um, – uh, no, actually, Austria. So yeah, it is just it is just the European countries. Same thing, Austria and Australia, the exact same thing. Um, uh, the G four summit happened in uh whatever the or the G whatever summit uh in that when Korea hosted it at the time, they had figurines of of all the different delegates or like some national clothing, and if I remember correctly, uh Australia their figurine had like lederhosen oh, and no. such on it. Oh no. He <laughs> got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Someone should double check that. It was like that. it was it was just it was really embarrassing. It's like, "Oh, wow. We were there for that uh during that time and it was like it was the only time that like the G summits didn't have a lot of protests or a lot of uh backlash because most of the people participating they didn't really, you know, like generally when you get a lot of protests or writing because you, you go somewhere that's fun that's nice has a lot of good extra things to do and it's relatively cheap to, to actually go and cause trouble but because it was in korea no one's like i don't want to buy a ticket to protest you know in korea so it was actually relatively tame and it was just funny but yeah it's just like oh that probably happens more often than the world should admit the, the austria australia bit yeah yeah um <laughs> I'm guilty of it now too. So, so another I'm a I'm a statistic I'm a statistic now, another victim of Austria and Australia. Um, so yeah, so uh, these countries are kind of coming together, talking about um, kind of how loot boxes are a problem. Um, some of the things they say, according to the report, uh, which is a 59 page document. Um, the sale and presentation of loot boxes often involve exploiting consumers via exploiting cognitive biases and vulnerabilities through deceptive design, using aggressive marketing practices to push sales at every opportunity, giving meaningless or misleading transparency disclosures about the likelihood to win or lose that are difficult to assess. And I've got several more here. Um, in, in general, like I don't play games with loot boxes because I don't like them. I don't like loot boxes as a, as a concept. Um, I did used to buy magic cards. Um, and that is kind of, a, it's a little bit of a different thing. I think um, when you buy a magic booster pack, you are guaranteed one rare and two or three uncommon and then the rest of the 11, well, and then I guess eight um, common cards. Um, so you you know what you're buying more or less. And you get like a foil rare or like a better uncommon or like a super rare, rare card. Um, 
or like a, like a, a, a mythic card, which is even like more rare. Um, th- that's possible, but you know, you're always getting at least a rare card with, with, um, with, with, with loot boxes there. It's not always that clear cut. I don't think, um, it's not exactly the same, like every time or at least like a baseline. Um, but I think some of them are more based on just like playtime and you do like you can earn them through playtime and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of weird, but like, I don't, I don't like games with them cause it just kind of distracts me from it and just makes me, I don't know. That makes me feel bad. Cause I'm always like, gosh, I just want like another loot box. I want to, that thing that's going to come in the loot box. And I don't, I, it just feels like the, I'm, I'm not there for the, the game really. Yeah, for me, on the other hand, I I have uh, an amazingly bad luck at pulls for things. So when I'm doing a draw of something, whether or not it be cards, um, gambling, I don't know, uh, <laughs> these uh, loot boxes, I always have very bad luck. It's pretty much guaranteed that I'm not uh, going to get what I want. And even when it's a game like Overwatch, where you can earn the currency you need and you can get a free pull or like during the holiday events you get free pulls and stuff like that i rarely get anything good um when i'm playing if you ever play a cell phone game though we explained it before but the gotcha games for uh you know japanese style games where you're like you're gonna randomly pull for new characters uh genshin impact or something like a game like that uh I very rarely get any of the super or the the SS rare or like the 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 really high tier people, and you know same goes with anything like um uh, uh games like Diablo or something like any of those loot shooters. Those are all free, uh like those that's the game mechanics. But I have really bad drop rate. So yeah, I mean, I'm, kind of talking about yeah. that. Like there are people out there who have stupid luck. They just have stupidly good luck, like. I mean, I remember some kids growing up who would, I don't even know if they really have these anymore, but they would enter like box top sweepstakes where you put like, you buy like some cereal, take take five box tops and you get to enter a sweepstakes and win like $200 in Toys R Us, whatever money or whatever thing. And they would win like often. And I'm just like, how is that possible? I don't know. I guess just yeah. born under better stars than me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, a, a coworker of mine, he he played this one mobile gotcha game, and he's like, "Yeah, I play." You know, he's like, "Yeah," he's like, "I played it for like a good couple months, and then I pulled uh, literally five out of the five you know characters you can get from a a, a box or a set you know pull." He's like, "Yeah, I pulled five like ultra rares, like." You know, I, I, I was like, after that, I just uninstalled the game because there's no way I can top that. And there was no point of it be playing this game anymore. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's, you know, that's the thing is I, I generally do really bad. So I'd never purchase anything. I don't fall into the um, mindset of, oh, yeah, maybe if I just, you know, put down $10 or the best value, you know, I can get the most currency and do that. I'm like, it, it's one of those things that I like, no, even Overwatch, like I said, it's, uh, at least that way you can kind of earn and it's not it doesn't affect actual gameplay it's just cosmetics um, I can understand that but at the same time people still want to make want the thing the collectible item for to make their character look the best if the moment you make it a rarity uh, people are going to want something 
just like how people think nfts are like an actual good thing they're like yeah it's like it's a rare thing now it's numbered i i need that right you know there's there's people that have that workings in their brain uh and a lot of people it is what it is i mean it's you know i mean i've i've spent my stupid fair share of money on card games in the past and uh that's why i kind of forsaken uh any ccgs because of how bad my luck is i had bought boxes in the past just a straight up box of whatever card game i was playing and i had pulled garbage like nothing that's like oh damn dude that's so cool you got that no it's just like oh it's cool i got this and it's like mid-tier okay or good but you know so afterwards i started playing um only ccgs mm-hmm. uh so one of my favorites uh was netrunner um that one was it's no longer they stopped making it but that one was straight up hey this is the new pack of uh, cards coming out and you here are exactly the cards you're gonna get from this new deck you know so you know exactly what's in there now where they get you is you can have up to three of whatever the same one, three of the same card and as max in one deck. So if one card is OP, they're like, yeah, so this deck, you're only going to get one of those cards. So you have to buy the whole like new booster deck three times uh. Uh, to get the max of that one card. If you're playing that certain build, uh, which that's of course where your card, your local, you know, card shop comes into play. And you're like, I just want to buy that one card. I don't need all that other fluff and you know it is yeah uh probably the best poll i've ever had is uh when i was a kid and the basic uh pokemon uh trading card game came out uh i didn't know i didn't I, I was like i like pokemon i want to buy this card pack i bought a i think it was like the first or second card pack i ever bought i pulled a first just first edition holographic charizard and i had no idea what i had i was like oh cool a charizard and like it wasn't until like a few months later that I was like reading the Beckett Pokemon collector and looking through the prices and I was like, Oh, this is cool. And I saw that charge. I was like, I think I have that. And I looked it up and I was like, Holy shit, that's worth like $350. It was wild. Um, never going to have to look that good ever again. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, in general, I don't have a problem with, with um loot boxes as like a a thing i do think though that these countries are probably on the right track to regulate it and at least put it in the in the realm of to me i think it should be in the realm of adults only um i think these kind of things i think these kind of things are gambling or gambling adjacent and kids children people under the 18 especially um should not have their brains conditioned like this um there's some science to to suggest that that uh that early exposure to this stuff is is a problem um oh dude hands down no it's it's the slot machine mentality you get all the pretty shiny colors, lights, sound effects, like the 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 they've done their homework to make the treasure. That's why it's a treasure chest when you open up most of them. They're like, you're they're what what what's this magical fireworks. thing you're getting? And it's sparkle and glitter, and you hear a good thud, and you're like, yeah, it's it's all to get those synapses firing, uh, just to hopefully get you know get you going. And you, you say adults only, but like I've known I've known adults, you know, or young adults, you know, like kids out of fresh out of college who 
have uh, racked up some serious debt playing some stupid ass phone gotcha game. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, it's nothing tangible about it. And it's just, yeah, unfortunately, it, it is a, it yeah. totally is an addictive person. You know, if you have one of those personalities that can easily get hooked, uh, that you'd fall, you'd fall victim to it. And you shouldn't, you know, you should, China at least a long time ago, uh, now have stated like all the odds that you could, you know, you have to have the things said. I think and that's I'm good like, too. Yeah. 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 And that's, you need that like, just like a lotto ticket, you know, you need to have it clearly stated that you have a one in like a hundred thousand chance of something, you know, because people are l thinking that they actually have like, Oh, there's only, you know, this new loot box or this new season it has like this many new outfits and they don't do the math properly. They're like, Oh yeah, it's only, so I have a one in this, like one in 10 chance. No, you have to calculate all the other things that have come in, in the past because that all adds, you know, to makes it makes it that much harder. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I think the other thing too, is that it's like, you're saying like it's digital and it's like, you know, one day when the servers, when like the league of legends servers shut down, all that stuff that you bought on there is going to, it's going to be gone. Like it's going to be, I mean, you could maybe save, save like screenshots of it or whatever, but it's going to be gone. Like, I think the Not reason if you have the NFT, <laughs> if you have the NFT, yep, I suppose so. But like, but like, uh, and I, I guess that's why what, what makes me feel better about like a trading card game, like magic or, or Netrunner or whatever. Um, is that you know you can buy you buy the physical thing yes it's just cardboard but it is a physical thing that you you can buy and you know like when the russians attack and the lights go out uh you know you can still play that trading card game by candlelight like i've got a bunch of cards and yeah they're all kind of hodgepodge mismatch of uh, this and that but you could pull it out and make a like play a full game with a bunch of people you know so so there's there's that kind of stuff that's that that it just makes it a little better somehow. I don't know. I'm getting off kind of a, on a tangent, but I thought that was an interesting story, and I'm gonna keep kind of following this kind of stuff. Um, next up, um, the uh, CEO of Take Two um, kind of sounded off on two uh, interviews, or I guess one interview split into two articles. Uh, also coming from Video Games Chronicle. Um, uh, first of all, he talks about uh, metaverses and how, um, I'll just read it, uh, Take-Two boss warns it may not end well for companies betting on blockchain-based metaverses. Um, Strauss Zelnick says he doesn't believe the word metaverse means guaranteed success. Um, and I kind of read a little bit of the article. Uh, he, he kind of says that, like, you know, Take-Two is going to pursue... Uh, you know, worlds that are kind of like metaverses, but he's not necessarily sold on like metaverses really being totally the future. Um, completely, I guess he says, um, I'm not skeptical at all about huge interactive dynamic entertaining worlds because our company is responsible for housing minimally three of them. Um, he talks about uh, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, uh, and NBA 2K. Uh, I'm so I'm a dyed in the wool believer that people will go to digital worlds to be entertained, and if you offer a super entertaining experience, I think people will flock to it. I think where this my skepticism lies is every company suddenly believing that by saying the word metaverse, 
adjacent to their company's business strategy, that means that somehow they'll be transformed and Nirvana is around the corner. And naturally, that's not the case. So I think anyway, I think it's just kind of interesting that uh, he is expressing some healthy skepticism, I think, um, around it. Um, They've kind of wanted like didn't like wasn't that kind of a trend like about 10 years ago to think that all the games were going to converge into one kind of world basically like like a metaverse um well there's ready player one um before that though was um playstation home so for the ps3 that's the closest thing they've had to like this quote-unquote metaverse it's well it was literally a uh, a quote-unquote hangout spot for the early days of uh sony's online servers uh they had little mini games you can play i'm pretty sure paintball was one of them the idea is you had your own house and the trophies you were supposed to earn uh were supposed to be like showcased there so that's why they look like trophies and they some of them had like certain images like i think it was supposed to be lair one of the early ps3 like games it may have been a launch game uh but like that one we were supposed to get this if you platinumed it or something you get a a trophy of a dragon and you know this is it's a statue that you could place into your virtual apartment and your friends can come over and hang out and you know chat and so it's it's a chat you know it's like the the sims version of a chat room or something like that or second life yeah uh, just without the sex you know so yeah yeah it didn't really work out very well i don't think it was really very well supported um but yeah it's kind of weird it's like didn't we already have like a shot at metaverses like i guess vr is going to make it different make it more like worthwhile or possible i don't know but anyway it's a uh, it's kind of an interesting idea that people are trying to do, uh, trying to revisit and i don't know it seems it just seems annoying to me it just seems like something that i don't want to do i want to just play my game and then come back into the real world and eat a sandwich it the idea is it's supposed to be there for people who really like social media um that's the thing is you're not really like glued to you know all the different you know things and but for those there's a large subset of people who love to be on TikTok 24/7 who's who stay to the reddits or 4chans and all this other stuff and you know they're the old you got the old people who love the facebooks especially if you're like you have a, a political statement that you just need to scream at the top of your soapbox um you know and the well, idea of being you know having a place to do that and make your own avatar and stuff i'm like there are a lot of people i can see you know that would go and go for this i personally am not a big fan of it but uh, and most of my friends are as you know you know they are repulsed by the idea but um i think i don't know it's, just, it's the, the the corporate buzzwords i think that you know the ceo got this right about thinking yeah people love the buzzwords people are throwing out you know the metaverse and uh anything to try to make the investors uh you know happy and thinking like oh yeah there's ways for us to make money and that's why nfts are such a a hot topic uh and even though there's such a backlash you know a vocal backlash about it but everyone still tries to throw their own hat in the nft ring i mean there was it was just such a big money grab like 
it was just like, I mean, it was so, so many scams were going on. Um, and I mean, there's so much money to money to be made, even legitimately, uh, from making like an, like an NFT. I mean, Troy Baker even gave it a shot, um, and then tried to defend it. And then he was finally like, you know, upon further consideration, we've decided that we're not going to go that route. It's like, Oh good. So you do care about your career a little bit. Um, yeah, that was really funny to watch that unfold. Actually, that was funny. I hope we uh, save the tweets, but yeah, um, yeah, that kind of stuff. I, if it if it's gonna work, it's got to enhance what it means to already be a human. Um, like, like you know, social media, it it taps into stuff that is just entertaining for humans in general. It's what we're already doing but it's streamlined. Um, and so, so I think if there's a metaverse thing, it's going to, it's going to have to facilitate something like that, but you know, it just kind of remains to be seen. So you're just saying it has to be like the white zombie song, more human than the human. Yes. <laughs> so was that, so that's white zombie, but then there was Rob zombie, right? Yes. And it's the same guy. I don't know their lineage. Um, I know Rob Zombie is being different music for from me personally, uh, but I was into Dragula, and that was about it. Dragula. Uh, for, yeah, that was a really good album. I mean, uh, it's just, it was funny because I remember buying that in front of like my my father had to be there because it was a like R eighteen, you know, or it was it had that parental advisory, yeah. and like he just looks at it and it's you know. Uh, I think he has like a pentagram engraved into his forehead or something like that and looking all like undead. And he's like, is this satanic shit? And I'm like, I'm like nope. And it's like, it's just rock. He's like, okay. <laughs> he just didn't care. <laughs> uh, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't remember like, like I remember buying albums um, that had parental advisory on them. Uh, but and I had to be kind of sneaky about doing it. So I had like, I guess I had, friends who were old enough, but I feel like there was a time when I was like 15 or 16 where I was just able to buy them where it wasn't even, it was like super easy. I don't even know what I was doing to make that possible, but yeah. Anyway, the other uh, article kind of that was about the same CEO is uh, him talking about how he thinks that subscription services are, uh, is that having its, um, having their games on subscription services on day one doesn't make sense. Um, it just kind of goes on to say like economically for their business model, it doesn't make sense to have uh, take two games um, on these subscription services uh, early on. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I get it. It makes sense. Um, I think he's right. But I also kind of think that like, I don't know, there might, there might be a way for that, to change in the future i don't know if yeah well, it depends on the kind type of game they make though sony said something similar and when you have a uh a single player experience it doesn't really benefit you as a company to do that because uh once they're done with the game that's it they toss it uh but if you have something that's either it's an, a continuous ongoing you know live game where you can buy season passes or where you can buy any customization things or future DLC, and you have that line, that the funnel of you know 
or the production line of DLC coming down, you know, like, yeah, all right. You know, uh, the base game is free, but everything else you want to play, this is what you're paying for. And when you, your brain could, you know, in the end, you might spend way more on the season passes, you know, but you're yeah. like, okay, well, I, I have only, I'm only spending like 15, 20 bucks, you know, every six months or something like that. That's not, that's reasonable, you know, and then you don't think about, oh yeah, in the end, that's like, you know, $200 or something like that. Um, you know, but it, it's the easier pill to swallow for most people. And but when you got a single player game that's like a seventy dollar game now or something like that, sixty to you know seventy dollars, you're like, well, once I'm done with this game after a week or so, that's it. Or hey, I played this to my fill. Um, yeah, I'm not going to finish this game, but luckily I didn't pay anything extra for it. It's a lot harder to buy if it, buy a copy of a game, and you know, like you're more committed to it. If you're spending sixty or fifty or um, sixty or seventy dollars, and you're going to end up wanting to play more of it, uh, but if not, then guess what? The company got your money. They're they're happy with what they got. Yeah, so. I think what I, I think what worries me about it is that um, if the subscription model does kind of really take off and become like wildly successful, um, then you know there's not going to be as much of an incentive to make single player games. Um, and they're going to start to make games if they are somehow single player they're going to make they're going to make games that are probably more likely to be episodic uh and broken up unnecessarily just to keep you like paying for the subscription for the game that you want so yeah i mean like i, I like i i am kind of i'm kind of glad that they're still thinking about these things in these terms um because it shows that they are do want to make uh, single player experiences and maybe not um, fall prey to uh, doling out little bits of game uh, every month or so in order to keep people on some kind of uh, uh, of a subscription. So there's hope for the future, I suppose. Um, but anyway, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, for sure. Um, last little story here. Uh, Sonic Frontiers... Uh, uh, premiered seven minutes of gameplay on IGN. Um, and I, 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 I had a chance to take a look at it. Um, j just kind of talking a little bit about it. Uh, it is uh, Sonic and a 3D open world. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They, they showed the trailer on one of, um, like, within the last year, right? So it's, probably, it's, yeah. like, it's like a vast, like, empty field type of world. Yeah, yeah. So, so watching... The footage, um, it looks promising. Uh, it looks very different than like the than the Sonic games on the Dreamcast or the GameCube. You know, um, it, it looks it looks a little bit more I don't know adult or serious uh, somehow. Um, but kind of watching it, it does look a little bit boring. Um, there's barely any enemies, uh, and I don't think any of them they actually dealt with in, in, in the gameplay open world seems a bit bare. I mean, it's like mountains and grass lands. Um, but it does seem like they've matched the size of the world with the speed of Sonic. So like, you know, you could, you know, you can walk really slowly everywhere or you can go Sonic speed and it's still, and it takes you like a reasonable amount of time to get from point A to point B. Um, so that seemed kind of like, okay, they're, they're doing this right. They, they have like little things you jump on, you get rings and then you like 
and then you can uh, grind on rails around and this kind of stuff that seems to be there sort of just for the sake of like you playing the game, I guess. Um, it's, it's sort of weird. Like you're like, why am I jumping on getting these rings and, and like, what's forcing me to do that? I don't know. It's, it's sort of odd. There's some puzzles that they showed. They seem pretty normal run of the mill, like turn this thing here and make these three things go this way in order to open a gate. Okay, cool. Um, but like, there's a lot of points where the where Sonic is is standing still or walking kind of slowly because that's what re, that's what re, that's what that is what's required of the game, and whenever that happens, it feels like the game is just at a standstill. Like it just feels like like there's like I mean it just looks like it feels like there's nothing going on here. Um, so it it seems like a game that needs more time and more stuff added in and an open world is cool, but it does, it does need to feel like, okay, everywhere I, any direction I go, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to have to deal with something. Um, so it's, it's pretty, it seems like a step in the right direction, but, um, anyway, it looks like, a it's got some work that they need to do still to it. Yeah, I was curious about it from the original trailer that they showed, and I'm, I guess I just don't care, uh, mainly because yeah. I lost hope that Sonic, other than that, you know, Sonic uh, Mania, like, I've, I've kind of lost the hope that Sonic could be good again. Uh, uh, the idea of tra having an open world and being able to uh, traverse really fast, you know, that's key. Uh, they did it in, I think it was the old game, uh, Prototype. Uh, mm -hmm. that let you run really fast and just climb straight up buildings and just at a full sprint. And that was really nice. Uh, they later did stuff like that for like the Saints Row games as well. And that was a lot more enjoyable, you know, uh, as far as, you know, traversal goes. So the fact that this is a lot of open fields from at least the pictures they showed, you know, you know, you have to try to make things a little bit more entertaining to get to point A to point B. Uh, I mean, just imagine if Elden Ring had rails you could just grind on. I mean, that game would be so much better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, it'd go from like a, a 9.5 to a 9.7. I mean, just imagine a yeah, torrent jumping on a you know, bounce pad. Oh, wait, kind of does, actually. Yeah, uh, you kind of got a point there. Those, those large gusts of wind. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's, uh, I believe it's another unreal engine uh game coming out and they kind of been everyone's seeming to turn to unreal to uh to make the assets a little easier to handle and there's some some people are a little upset with that you know that being the common trend because uh you're losing a lot of specialty engines and uh unreal isn't the you know the end all be all but it's it is a lot makes the it streamlines a lot of things and if you're losing if you have a special engine like the RE engine, for example, you have to then uh, train whomever you get to join your team. To now, it. this is the nuances of our engine, and here's how you can optimize it. Uh, but then, if you have someone who's been there from the beginning and they're getting really good at it, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Yeah, I'm going to bounce and go somewhere else," then you just lose someone who's really, you know, clutch. But while you, you know, on the other hand, if you're just sticking with someone who like 
hey, you've done these other games. And hey, guess what? That's also the Unreal. All right, then you can fit right on into our game. Uh, it makes it a lot easier just to swap people out. Um, so it's, you know, some people are saying how the game just doesn't quite look uh, as polished as maybe as it could. Uh, yeah. I'm... I still I still think it's way too early. So I'm I actually don't know what their slated time frame for this was. Yeah, me either. Uh, but yeah, it's just you know the games the game has plenty of time to look better, and uh, I mean I'm sure they're gonna take uh you know advice from uh Breath of the Wild and you know make sure that you know every mountaintop has something to do or you know because that was one thing they did is you know really excellent is just no matter where you were if you you did a full 360 turn. You could at least find one object that kind of catches your attention, whether it be a peak of some sort, something glistening in the distance. But you're like, hey, what's that over there? And you subconsciously would be like, maybe I'll go check that out. Yeah. Uh, does yeah. does Sega still own Sonic? I know like yeah. Sonic Team is like, there's like a developer that's like, or there was like a, a Sonic Team thing. I just feel like, They've never like Sega's never given a shit about Sonic since the Genesis, I don't think. Because like all all the all the games since have been they've been half baked and like, well, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and we're gonna do this. And it's never they've never handled it with the care of Mario. Um, which understandably they're not Nintendo, and that's why they lost to them. But you would think that with something like Sonic, who was they're, you know, basically the mascot for the company for like a decade, um, if not more, that they would go, okay, we're going to make, we're going to, at some point along the line, we're going to make a Sonic game that is going to come into the future and is going to be about speed and stuff, but is going to be about a lot more rather than just kind of like, I don't know. It just feels like to me, they've never taken the care that, that Sonic could use and sell a lot. I mean, if you really turned it around and you made like a really good, a really good Sonic game with maybe more to do than just go fast, then I feel like it would, it would sell better than it has. And it would be a more popular character than it is now, though. I guess there's plenty of Tumblr uh, users that would uh, beg to differ, but anyway, yeah, well, that's the problem is you're you're thinking that there's possible a possibility that there is a good Sonic game uh because there hasn't like Sonic was a time and place thing. They did a great job of selling that attitude in the Genesis era where that's it's, that's it's all called, the Genesis was. It's called uh, Tude. Excuse me. And I mean, they ended up doing a lot of good things with in, in the in that original time frame i mean playing sonic now honestly if you go back to the original games other than having nostalgia for it and liking the music it's kind of a sloppy mess i mean it's like you know you're going really fast you're like okay cool i can barely keep up this is kind of fun and all of a sudden you hit something that stops and you're like okay now you're trying to move floor it's like moving through mud and then all of a sudden you finally uh you know, yeah or you're like i'm gonna sit and spin for a while and then get the momentum to go and then yeah okay cool i'm doing really good and then i hit something that makes you stop and you're like dang it yeah. every time you stop it's just a it's a chore and 
but back then there wasn't a lot to compete against. There was this was very unique and it was it was fun because that's it, there really wasn't much else. Uh, since then, though, I mean, the only Sonic game that I really can remember think liking was I think it was Sonic Chronicles. And that was a that was the one Bioware made for like the DS or something like that. Mm. It was either the DS or the Advance. I think it was the DS. So probably good. Uh, yeah, and that was like that was actually like solid. That was Bioware at you know peak Bioware you know time frame. And you know, other than that, the last game that really made it big was like Sonic Team Racing. Mm. Um, you actually had you know uh, a lot of yeah, you know, but you're like oh yeah, a racing game with Sonic. Where he drives a vehicle, the guy who can go supersonic, he literally goes super saiyan. He turns all yellow and flies through the sky. Don't think about it too to much. Drive a vehicle. Don't think about it too much. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could like you could do something with that too. You could have like a, like a foot race, uh, and then like vehicle races and stuff like that. The foot races is already there, and that's uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah, like. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're right. Like, there's a little bit of, like, well, what else do you, you know, do with this? But I think that if they hadn't tried to stick so hard with, like, well, let's just try to make that 2D go fast Sonic and put it into 3D, if they'd gone, like, well, you know, that's definitely a big part of it, but we need to, you know, but is it fun? You know, like, that's the question is, like, is it fun? Is it really fun? And at the end of the development cycle, if you can't answer that with a yes, then you've got to like, then you've got to go back to the drawing board. Or if you, if you don't have like, if you're working on like a good idea, you know, you've got to make sure that that idea is, um, it ends up being like, okay, we know that, you know, whatever the game ends up being, there's this one mechanic in it that is going to be pretty fun and, and it's going to add something to what, like what, like what, what we've done so far. Um, they've tried so much with Sonic, though. That's the thing is they've really tried to make. Good, they like, they brought guns in into the equation. They, you know, they made sure that he turned into he turned into a monster. Um, they literally have done so much with them, and they're like, yeah, nothing sticks because maybe uh, that's not the right way to look at Sonic. Yeah. On I the think... other hand, Sonic is a media franchise. Yeah. Outside of gaming, that's where the money is. I mean, they had two cartoon shows back when Sonic was still massive. Uh, very different cartoon shows. Uh, since then, they had made quite a few other cartoon shows as well. I mean, he's in a band with his siblings that apparently, you know, in one of the spinoffs, they yeah. like they play like a guitar and stuff. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And the know, comic book series with Archie Comics lasted for a they might still be going on for all I know. Those uh, I did but, have some of those. Yeah. Those were pretty good. They were very well drawn. At least the covers were awesome. I think the the inside was was okay, but but those were actually really I remember reading those were pretty well drawn. Um yeah, like Mario does a good job of adding mechanics, but I feel like Sonic has always just added gimmicks. Just like, well, you can have a gun now, okay? Let's give Mario a gun. I mean, it'd probably actually be did. cool. It'd probably be pretty cool. <laughs> they did. Ubisoft gave Mario a cannon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, so Sonic Frontiers, I'm, it looks somewhat promising, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, with that, that's going to be the end of the news, and thus the end of our podcast. Um, 
uh, yeah, the pod has been cast. Joe, do you have anything um, that you'd like to tell our audience? Yes. Watch out for Sasquatch. Okay. <laughs> All right. With that, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks. Take it easy. Bye.